Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the 178th edition of Spin the Rally Pod brought to you by Dirtfish.com. I am your host, Lisa O'Sullivan, and joining the team today, we have senior staff writer, Mr. David Evans. Which part of the pond are you on, David? Are you USA or UK? I'm, I, I was going to say the right side, uh, as in the correct side, but obviously they're both correct sides. But there is only one right side, that's the European side, depending on which way you look okay. at the map. I'm, 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 I'm at home, please. Sure. Sure. I'm just going to move on Sorry. now. Uh, <laughs> we also have... Talk about complicated. Uh, unbelievable. Yeah, Still, apologies. I actually, I'm not entirely sure where he is. I'm at home. <laughs> there we go. I'm at there home. we go. We Shop also here. have deputy editor of Dirtfish.com, Mr. Luke Barry, who I am guessing is ensconced up in Scotland land. I am. And a shameful admission for what time it is recording. I won't say that to the listeners, but I'm still in my pyjamas today. It's been a lazy day. Bank holiday. So that's not so good. It is, but it's still not great, is it? No, it does. It's not ideal. It's not a bank holiday in Seattle, Luke. No, but we're it. not in Seattle. Uh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, yeah, we work for a Seattle-based company. We do. King Charles's reach doesn't no. doesn't uh, well, actually if, if reach it, if to it the helps, western David, side I, of America. If it helps, I'm not off today because it's bank holiday. It just happens to be my day off before Portugal week, just randomly. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's my excuse. As far as I'm concerned, a bank holiday means you can wear pyjamas all day, and I'm justifying that I also had fried chicken for breakfast because it was left over from last <laughs> night. So bank holiday Monday. Luke. Describe your pajamas, hang on, Luke. Hang on. Let me let me let me get George Donaldson in as well. Get the intros done. And Sorry. We also have George Donaldson, former motorsport team boss, also in Scotland land today, uh, enjoying earlier. We're going to talk about the weather first, George. So I'm going to come to you in a moment, uh, so you can talk about how wintry it has been over the weekend. But first, let's find out about Luke's pajamas. They're tartan. Do you know they what, David? They, they actually are, and that's the best <laughs> oh, thing about that question. No way. <laughs> yep. Amazing, isn't it? <laughs> Sticking to my, my country's national pride and everything. So, yeah, brilliant. Tart, tart and bottoms. I think we'll, and have, list- I think we'll have listeners it, tuning out about now. Really. It, it's, a, it's a step on from the Toy Story ones you were sporting last time. So I'm, I'm not going <laughs> to delay any further. It, it is episode 178 of Spin the Rally Pod, and this is a good point to, to say that you can actually go back and listen to previous editions on your podcast provider. Although if you take all 178, um, you could... I'm going to work it out. I'm going to work it out. Okay. I'm going to work it out. I'd say it's 178 hours. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, while he's doing that, <laughs> that's that's a week, a week of solid listening to this nonsense. Okay, well, literally seven days. So crack on, and you can listen to the next episode. <laughs> if you start straight away, you can then have the next episode ready, yeah. ready for you. Um, that's we will be talking about Rally Portugal because it is time, everyone, to get to grips with gravel. The season is upon us. Let's get down and dirty. Uh, Portugal is next on the WRC schedule. And I, I mean, it's it's almost a cliche that we start with the weather, but it is so important when we're talking about the loose surface. And George Donaldson, you are the man who's going to tell us what's yeah. in store. Yeah, well, 
Lisa, I mean, how can we say how many wet Portugals have we seen? We've seen Portugal. Uh, we went to Portugal one year when I think it was 2001, when it just had mm. rained for about four months. The country was actually flooded. It was remarkable. They ran the event. It wasn't very successful. It was very difficult, uh, but it was horrendous. However, sadly for Elfin Evans this, this weekend, it's not going to be even slightly damp, it would appear. It's going to be gorgeous, clear sunshine. Not too warm, David. Only Good. 21, 22 degrees. That's uh, 21, but, 22 um, degrees too no, that's hot. That's one, one sweater weather. Is that a one sweater scale? Sadly, it is. It is one, mm. only one sweater. I'm, I apologise for my forecast, but don't shoot the messenger. Uh, although Elfin might want to, because he, of course, is, I'm sure we'll come to all the reasons why he's not going to enjoy the weather overly much, certainly on day one, but it'll possibly pay penalties for him into the, 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 the next two days as well. But yeah, dry and lovely, beautiful weather right throughout the whole of Portugal. And going straight on, there, you go. there is, you know, diving straight into the itinerary. There, that first Friday, from memory, I don't have it in front of me, but it is typically, it's quite a long loop, isn't it? You know, there's, I think, Lucia, uh, Goish and Arganil, they're, you know, they're not short stages. Uh, there, oh, so I think it's 124 k's, day, uh, David. So yeah, first day. It, that's it's a big. That's lap. a long time at the front of the field, isn't it? And mm. but, and oddly enough, the the itinerary has one quite long stage. Uh, is it the? Oh, I can't remember the name of the stage. Is run once only on that day in the afternoon. It's an extra stage chucked yeah, in there, and, so it's not um, a proper classic look. I'm now in there, making yeah, it that's... worse for Elfin, basically. Yeah, we are picking up new listeners all the time. So, can you just tell us what kind of surface will the cars be facing for those? Yeah, D- David, do you want? Do you want no, to no, take no, that? No, no, absolutely David? not, George. I wouldn't dream of it. Okay, so a, a bit of a variety there. Um, in all honesty. Uh, Lisa, really, uh, we, we've got sandy stages uh, that that will clean down to a hard base, and we've got some quite rocky stages. Uh, depending on the conditions, they can break up. Uh, but in these conditions, you know, it's the end. Well, we're, we're, I, I don't know quite how the weather's been over the last few months in in Portugal, but um, hopefully, we're not going to see these stages uh, breaking up. There'll still be some moisture underneath them, giving them some some substance and support. So, uh, unfortunately for for Elfin, they would tend to clean. All of the stages would tend to clean somewhat. Um, so it's going to be a tricky rally for anybody first on the road. But I'm sure if we go back, <laughs> if we go back through the uh, through the the catalogue of results, I know that uh, there's been five different winners over the last five years. Um, I'm sure. I'm sure it's mean? seven as well. I'm sure it's seven. It might seven. well. It might well. It's, it might well. It's be. incredible. I just looked run at anyway. the last. Uh, yeah, I looked at the last five years. Last three years of Toyota. But basically, I'm sure Sebastian Ogier won from the front. Uh, I think it was two years ago. No, was it last year? Last year, Rovenpera won. Did, yep. He must have won from the front. David. He he did. Of and he just, won from and the just front. looking back at the at the at it? the results, I can't really remember. But certainly in the first stage, which is 12, 12 mile through Lucia. Um, he dropped 10 seconds, and I'm just trying on our second or joint favourite website, ewrc-results.com, uh, and sadly, there is no comment from him. Um, but, I mean, yeah, there's there's talking about <laughs> it's cleaning. Uh, there's not a lot of talk about any any rain. Um, so 10 seconds, you know, that's a second a K. Uh, potentially yeah. that um, yeah. that the f- first on the road is but he still he still he still won, won. yeah still yeah, won. yeah absolutely but yeah. equally without you know jumping straight into this 
talking to to Tom Fowler a little bit about about this ahead of the event and I said to to Tom that he must be reasonably confident going into the event because of of this result last year, and he he sort of said, "Well, yes and no." Of course, you know, victory brings a degree of confidence, but at the same time, they kind of won. I think the point he was going to make was everybody else lost the rally before Toyota won it because uh, there were problems across the board. Um, and Tom didn't feel that the the car really performed particularly well there. You know, they were three out of four. Um, from the first four places so they did they came away with an extremely strong result um but the work that they that they've done the conversation i had with tom was prompted by a, a quote from yari Matti at the end of mexico where he said they'd made great strides uh with the gravel setup in mexico therefore they were looking forward to portugal which i couldn't really fathom because you know mexico and portugal are quite quite different surfaces different styles of, of events so uh, I asked Tom to explain it further and, and it basically it all goes back to 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 where they had the issues with with rough gravel uh, in places like Greece and Sardinia last year uh, and Tom said it was a wider issue mm. basically when they get to Estonia and Finland the fast gravel they're fine you know they've they've got a car that's yep. born and bought up there so they know what they're going to get but with anything else with with places that do tend to get a bit rougher and portugal does you know we'll get some big ruts in a soft surface and 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 what have you can big rocks being pulled out so it does get a bit rougher uh they had a lot of work to do and they started that work with that uh rough gravel test in southern spain in i think it was late november early december last year where elvin went out and did a few days yep. um and they found something with the suspension uh, and like Tom says, you know, when people say suspension, people immediately think of the damper. It, it's not. It's about the relationship. What they found is this re- new relationship between the roll bar, the damper, the spring, all of that. Uh, they've clearly gone in a different direction. Um, it worked in Mexico. Um, and the the feeling is that the car has taken a good step in terms of, of Portugal's setup for this event. So, Next question to Tom, does that mean you go into this year with way more confidence? Well, actually, no, it doesn't, because fundamentally, we have no idea what Hyundai's done. You know, Hyundai developed their car with such speed across the second half of last year. Uh, it was astonishing. Um, and have they, they've continued that into this year. Nobody knows where everybody is. Quite rightly, Lee, she said that this is a start of gravel season. We've had Mexico. Yes, we have. But... Mexico is such an individual event with the altitude uh, and the nature of the, you know the the real heat of the of the stages what have you blah blah blah. This Portugal is where everything traditionally starts, um, and it's the start of a, a long run. I can't remember maybe five gravel rallies or something like that. Uh, so y- you've got to kind of hit the ground running in in Portugal. We go straight into into Sardinia after that. Then I think we've got Kenya. Then we're into the fast stuff, the Estonia, Finland. So you've got to be ready. Um, and the question is now, who has moved on? Talk to Oitanek in, where was it, before Croatia. And I said to him, you know, where's the car? And he said, yeah, the car's good. He said, if we had this car this time last year, we'd be winning reasonably comfortably. But the trouble is, every other manufacturer has moved forward, haven't they? And it's now that question of how far has everybody moved on? So it's going to be... It, genuinely Portugal is always one of the most interesting rallies of the year uh, because it, it sort of sets a, a bit of a precedent and a bit of a benchmark as to where everybody is with with their gravel car. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Very. Sorry. I mean, it's going to be interesting as well with the, with the Friday stage. Um, I mean, it's it's a baptism of fire, isn't it? Because there's a tie fitting and there's no service. Yeah, always. And that 120 kilometres on that Friday, and and straight into the gravel, as you say, trying to find out what the baseline is. And we, we, the conversations that we've always enjoyed. Like how many spares mm. have you got? What spares are you carrying? It it's and it's got to yeah, be two spares. It has to be two spares, and it has to be you've got to carry some spares, some spare parts into the. You'd have to say through the day, um, that yeah. you know that every year we have that tire zone in Argonil, uh, and every year something happens, um, and it will. It'll happen on on Friday this week guaranteed so you've got to be ready for it and it's it is such a difficult event isn't it george you know because you want portugal's the sort of place that encourages you to press on and push on and it gives you feeds your confidence a little bit it's, the stages up here are quite different down south or there were much there were lots more kind of corners on crests it was quite deceptive it was harder to read down in faro but i think the roads up here are a bit more certainly the, the drivers now know the roads quite well um but there is always, with this soft, sandy surface, there is always going to be a rock in the middle of the road. That, that, that's one of the issues. And these are old, established roads. I mean, I, I feel these roads have been there for the last three or 400 years mm. and just developed, which I mean, they absolutely have been in many cases. Yes, yeah, so they are the, the, some really narrow places, a lot of risk, a lot of jeopardy, as Colin would say. Um, for me, it's, it's, it's a, one of the technically riskiest rallies in some sort of way. The temptation, as you say, is to push like mad. Uh, is this going to be the rally where we see drivers doing that? Um, I mean, I'm sort of thinking myself in, in, in Elfin's shoes, is this the one where he sticks his neck out a little bit and, and tries to minimise the time loss from being first on the road to put himself in a stronger position? You know, for the next two or three, minimise the points loss, maybe fall back to third in the championship and go to Sardinia in a much stronger position. Uh, or, you know, is he, is he going to is he going to hemorrhage points um, by, by taking it a little bit more carefully, um, but still staying in the hunt to sort of take it, take, take that big risk or not? It's a it's a balance. Myself, I, I would take the team view. Don't take the risks. But, yeah. but what's, what's he going to do? Uh, you, you, for me, in, in Elvin's shoes, he... You can't take the risk. You know, if you if you roll the dice on this one, you know, he could come out of this 30 points behind. At the minute, he's joint lead. Yes. Um, yeah. So he's got to, you know, if he finishes fourth, third, fourth, whatever, try and grab a couple of power stage points, that's that's a good result. You know, okay, Cali won it last year, but there were a bunch of reasons for that. Um, Elvin just has to, just he's just got to stay in the fight. Um, and I think potentially we will see drivers moving around. You know, it, it don't despair, Elvin, because yes, you're first on the road here in Portugal. It's quite likely, it's quite sorry, it's quite unlikely you're going to win this rally. So stick with it, because in Sardinia you'll get your go, and it's possible that Tanak, Rovenpair, and Neville they could be first on the road. 
so so make the yeah. most you know it, it's so close at the top that there's very little and perhaps george the question now is do you actually consider a strategic uh, approach to the final to the final stage, the final control, and look at even dropping a place or two. You know, if if there's just so many points, <laughs> like a couple of points between places, do you sacrifice those points to get you, say, fourth on oh, the road yeah, in Sardinia? Yeah, yeah you, David, you've got you've got to take it to the to the the last event that matters in the year for for road cleaning. Yeah, you know that that's where you've got to take it to, and then work your way back from there. Yeah. You know, maybe Elfin's already done that. Maybe right. Okay, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll take, I'll take my points uh, and and take take the lead into Portugal, but I'll I'll drop back to you know third or fourth for Sardinia. But then they'll maybe pop into the lead again, going to Kenya. Nothing wrong with being first on the road in Kenya. Um, Did genuinely? Are you telling me genuinely that that will be crossing anybody's mind? Well, thinking, uh, they've got that much control. It over... was. It was in the past. Mm. You, you worked it out. I mean, I can tell you as a team manager that you, you worked out all those things. I mean, you you, you very rarely. I mean, you, you would you could plan out. Yeah, we're going to win the championship by doing X, Y, Z. You make the plan, Lisa, and then you you, you work your way back and and you reformulate at every event. But you look at it, but. It's so tight with all those guys. Nobody's actually really dropped the ball. Thierry, Thierry came closest, obviously in in oh, yeah. um, Croatia. In he he in he's Croatia, fifth, and he's only eleven points off the is eleven points separating those top five drivers, and as you say, two points separating the the top three. Yeah, I know it's it, it's phenomenal, but I think that you do have to work it to that extent because you could win or lose this championship on a road position near the end of the series. Yeah, you know, I mean, okay, yeah, Central it's... Europe rally—that's asphalt, isn't it? Sadly, so that's a bit dull. <laughs> sorry, I'm, I'm oh, pre. No, pre- it's not, dull. dull. Yeah, yeah, sorry, it's dull. What, what are you reckoning? Well, I'm really hoping it's going to be interesting, but you know, it's—I mean, it, it has all the potential to be dull, like any asphalt rally has the potential to be dull, and and it can also be absolutely fascinating if it's wet and slippery and difficult, or just interesting terrain. But a gravel rally is rarely dull. Let's be honest. Luke, you're the, you're mm. the one that's been in the service park for the last for the last two events. Tell us what what do you reckon? Would people can you look into their eyes and think, yeah, they're having a, they're having to think about it. <laughs> it's a difficult question because, to be honest, I didn't think about it when I was in Mexico <laughs> or Croatia. But it is an interesting dynamic, as George said. It is something that's been done. I seem to remember Tanak did it on this rally actually in Portugal in nineteen, where he backed off and deliberately didn't win the power stage along with the rally because he'd seen the time. I think it was Meek that had had an issue on the stage. He'd had enough time to look at what the stage type was, and he knew he couldn't what he had to basically not beat to get enough points. I've explained that really badly, but hopefully everybody's still with me. Um, but it, it is one of these things. The Auger approach is always, you need every single point mm. you can get. You never know when they're going to count. And of course that's true. But as we've all said, with the way this championship is now, I don't think we've ever seen anybody this early so close. And, and as you said, even Neuville, who made a, a slight hiccup in Croatia, he's still only 11 points back. It's nothing. It really is nothing. So... Honestly, road position could be one of the key factors in deciding the championship, which is quite quite fascinating, really. Um, but that's a cop-out answer, to be fair, David. I didn't really answer. No, yes no, no. no. It's, it, it, but it, it's still fascinating. It, it is interesting because, you know, if you're prepared to sacrifice, say, three or four points here, that and that does drop you to, say, fourth, uh, and don't forget we've got Augier back in Sardinia, then if you're fourth or fifth on the road in Sardinia, you could be 30, 40, 50 seconds up at the end of day one. 
particularly, obviously, it, providing it's a, a super dry Sardinia. And we've seen time and again, drivers have, have built that lead. And then you've just got to just got to make, manage it. It makes it sound very easy. You've managed, you manage that for the next two days. But in those following two days, you're in the best place on the road. Here in Newville, Croatia. <coughs> yeah. I, okay. Croatia is completely different because it's, it's tarmac. But, you know, my, my point is that you can build a lead across day one in Sardinia from fifth on the road, which you can, you're then in the perfect place to manage. Um, because you're surrounded by everybody further back on the road through Saturday, Sunday. So, yeah, you'd look at it on face value and say, you must be mad thinking about sacrificing four points. You could walk out of Sardinia with an extra 10 points that you wouldn't have got if you'd gone in there first on the road. You know, it is genuinely something that you have to look at. But it's a, like you said, you know, when Tanak did it in 19, we all kind of watched that unrolling, uh, unraveling, sorry, and thought, has he? Has he? And And he had. And it's a proper ballsy move to actually do it because it's the age-old thing, isn't it, that, you know, a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. Uh, and, it, and it absolutely yeah. is. Um, but you can win big, but you, you can make yourself look a bit of a Charlie as well. Can we talk about the mindset of the drivers? Because we're kind of talking about what they have to do, what they can do. And I suspect a lot of these points decisions the drivers themselves won't be thinking about them, but the teams will be thinking about it on their behalf. As you say, George, as a team boss, it's something you would be considering. Um, but can we can we have a little think about what the what the thoughts and what the what the confidence of our various drivers are because of that top five being so tightly um, closed up and having all performed pretty well in the first few rounds of the championship? Is Elvin going to be more confident now? What about Rovenpera? What you know? What does he need to do to uh, switch places at the top of the championship? What, what, what do we think our drivers are thinking at this stage of the season? Uh, Luke, that, can I start with Rovenpera? Yeah, I, I, just just on Cowie before we get to Evans, because it's it's difficult to sort of put into words his season in a way, which isn't great for a podcast. But I'm going to attempt it and try and correlate my thoughts. But he's just. It would be wrong to say that it's been a bad start to the season because it can't be when you're only one point off the lead of the championship. But if you compare this to this time last year where Robin Perra had completely run away with it, it's it's clear that things aren't quite at the same level. There are reasons for that. Obviously, this year, everybody's fighting on the front foot. They've all got everything in order. Whereas last year, maybe Robin Perra, yes, made a great start, but everybody else had mitigating factors or things they weren't quite happy with that sort of pegged them back. It's not to discredit what Robin Perra did. He came out and got the job done. But this year, it's a very different battleground where he's got everybody, they're, they're all more or less even. And we're seeing that with the way that the points are spread. But for Robin Perra to have not been on the podium for three rallies is bizarre. It really is quite bizarre. I've not done the stat checks to look it back, but it must be it must be a long time since we've seen that, particularly in the last couple of years. Um, but he's just not, for me, ever since he's become world champion, he's just not looked as sort of threatening, almost. I think, I think back even to Spain last year when he was fighting Auger on the second day, and yes, Auger has gone very well in that event. He knew the stages better than Robin Perra did, but Cali just didn't, he didn't seem bothered about winning. And you could argue why would he really care because it didn't matter at that point for his championship. Then in Japan, there was a, slight mistake. Monty this year was, was quite good. Sweden, there were the setup issues. Mexico, a bit ragged. Croatia, again, set up stuff towards the start of the rally, and he, he came good, to be fair to him, actually. Probably flew under the radar a bit with his pace on the last day. 
and was very impressive, but it's just not been quite there. But he's not the kind of character that cares, I don't think. He's not He's not worried about the fact he hasn't won a rally in seven months or whatever, whatever it is. No. Um, it's something that people like me always look at because it's like it's stats and you can, you can build together mm. sort of theories, but... For a driver like Robin Perry, who's a world champion at 22 years old, that doesn't bother him slightly. Um, but it, it is an interesting position he's in. Sorry, David. Like no, 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 it, it is. And it's massive. You know, it's not a small gap. I've just looked up again on EWRC. 46 points mm. is where he was ahead after four rounds last year. So it's huge. It's bizarre. It, it, it yeah. is huge. But like yeah. you said, Luke, you know, he got out of the blocks quickest. The reliability of the Toyota was was central to everything um for them last year it was central to to um to cali winning the championship you know it could have been a different matter if elvin hadn't gone off um on the first round in in monte who knows you know but the reliability of the yaris was was right there immediately we know full well that the hyundai wasn't there there were a bunch of reasons why it wasn't really working with with m sport ford toyota ran away with it and they're not this year uh, at all everybody's reliability is there um tanax won sweden with the with the puma so everybody is so tightly packed and i think what we're seeing now is a, a more sort of strategic approach as well and and you you said it yourself there about calais that the guy's 22 years old you know yes he's been driving a rally car for 14 or 15 years but actually in terms of actual World Rally Car slash Rally One Car experience on these events. He probably only goes back three or four years. Now compare that with Elvin Evans, who drove on for the first time. I don't know, ten years? No, not ten years ago. Was it ten years ago? I can't remember. Certainly coming up, coming up. To yeah, that, he, he had that Sardinia one off in thirteen. Didn't Certain, he? Certainly, yeah. Tanak has has had ten years at the very front line. So maybe what we've got to cut Kelly some slack for is the fact that he is a little bit lacking in, in experience. And at these key moments where you're making these big decisions, people like Oit and Elvin and certainly Sebastian Auger have a much bigger bank of data and experience to draw on uh, than Kelly does. And of course, Kelly's got a whole team around him. But when you're out there at the stage start, you know, whatever, you're making decisions on your own. That's where he's, he's still lacking a little bit of experience. And that was, again, that was another point that Tom Fowler made. Um, you know, I think we're we're all ready to jump on this whole one, aren't we, about, oh, is it a crisis time for Kelly? Of course it's not. You know, the guy still has massive, massive ability, um, but he's in a much closer fight this year. Um, than, and as I say, it's, it's, it's the experience question. For me, we will see Kelly winning um, very soon. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. I think, uh, uh, David, uh, we, we did discuss Callie's performance at length last year. Where, where, you know, when I, I remember having some sort of moderately active discussions with Colin about yeah. this, uh, where we, where we, one of our usual agree to disagree things. And I said, look, it's just that Callie is, you know, driving these rally cars at that limit 
there's a psychological sweet spot. Mm. There's a there's a, a euphoric state that the drivers get into where there's a lot of time. Everything starts to slow down for them. They've got lots and lots of time to get to, to manage what they do and they can create that magic because time elongates on them. They're working so quickly mm. and they're so au fait with everything. It's it's an almost euphoric state that they have to get into. And we see a little bit of that in our videos. We see them building up and some of them want to talk and some don't want to talk. I never like going to talk to the drivers before the start. I'm happy to look at them. I'm happy to maybe acknowledge them, but I'm quite happy to leave them and, and just see those images. I got that in Kenya specifically, so I was very aware of it there. But, you know, Kali's maybe not just put himself in that place this year. He's maybe struggled to find it. Not that he's necessarily even recognised it, but he's just not quite reached that special place because you can't maintain that all the time on every event. Some drivers have come close. There's Sebastian Loeb, Sebastian Ogier, obviously. And Kali's, Kali's maybe chosen not to do that. He's maybe relaxed a little bit. He's maybe said, actually, maybe I want to live a little bit of life. Yes, I'm, he's still serious about his rally, but he's just not maybe somehow put himself into that mm. magical groove where you can do no wrong. His, Not that he's made any mistakes his, per se, but you know, so in, if sometimes it just doesn't quite go your if way. If we're looking at performance then, which, which we are, mm -hmm. um, who of the, of the full-time drivers, who do we think has been quickest this year in terms of winning stages? Tanak. Mm. Incorrect. Uh, Kelly Rovenpera. Yeah. Sorry. So yeah. So uh -huh. uh, Ogier uh -huh. again going back to EWRC. Ogier's won twenty-one stages. Uh, Kelly's won eighteen. Thierry sixteen. EP seven. Tanak seven. Um, and but how does that translate into Tanak's only won seven? Yep. How does that turn? Wow. Let me just check I'm on the right year. <laughs> yes, it is 2023, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, but how does that translate into into time leading stages? Calais led one stage. Mm -hmm. That all sounds a bit... We are yeah. putting a lot of faith. Well, led, 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 led a rally for one stage just. Yeah. Yes. That, 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 that makes sense to me. That makes yeah. sense to me because it, it can easily be like that. Yeah. yeah. So again, you know, not not just in the right place, not doing it at the right time. You know, not not that it, it's a conscious thing because it, it's far beyond consciousness. Uh, I, I I maintain what these drivers do is almost magical, almost. It's not magical. It's just fact, and it, and it can be calculated and figured out. And and I, I think very few people really do. And I think the people that have done it still remain to be. The two Sebastians, they have, they are the ones that have figured it out. They are the ones that have got the natural talent of Juha Kankinen, of of uh, Colin McRae, of Richard Burns, and and a, and a dozen other drivers that I just can't immediately mention. Uh, but they've also got the thinking prowess and the tactical strat strategic application to think about everything like. Carlos Sainz did, mm. like uh, like Richard Burns did to a great extent as well. I've just done the maths. I've, a, a, I've done this maths on my own, so oh, bear with me on this one. But okay. if we if we look, <laughs> someone at, someone please check this at, later on and tell us. Teacher's going to correct it. There's later. one place. There's one stage where everybody is going to be pushing. Well, not everybody. If you're in the lead, do you push? hard on the power stage but the power stage is the one that gives you the five points that's a good barometer of where your speed is nobody has scored more points than kelly on power stages this year so you know any talk of of him 
you know, his application not being there for me, it's it's wider the mark. No, no, totally. I, and I don't I don't mean it like that, but he has become world champion. It was a massive psychological pressure on him last year. Yeah. Tell me he didn't release a little bit at the I've done it. Yeah. I'm world champion. You know, I've I've I have exceeded my dad. I have I have yeah. Kind of not not like that, but because uh, I, I think he's I think he's He's got more heart and is colder in his view than that. He's, he's not a person that would necessarily be upset by that. But you know, he's now world champion. He's no, now it, he's, it, he's it, hit the top the top tier. He's on the big money. He's thinking to himself, okay, let's just play it here by year. Do I want to be a Sebastian Ogier, a Sebastian Loeb? Well, I'm not that. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a Cali Rovenpera. Would I, who would you who would you compare Cali Rovenpera to? You know, Kankerman. Juha yeah. Kankin. I was going to say just Juha Kankinen. So there's his target. Tommy Mackinen as well is yeah. his target. Four-time world champions in Finland. Let's take that one on. So I think that has to be his target. I, Match those guys, become the legend. I think you're right, George, as well. I think there is... The, I would be astonished if we are sitting around talking on this podcast in nine years' time in, what do we say, 2032, and we're talking about an eight or nine-time world champion Cali Rovenpera. We won't be. You know, he'll only be early no. 30s, but he'll have gone. Yeah. I, for me, he will have gone. It, it, well, yeah. he'll have done other yeah, stuff, he'll have gone he? drifting, he'll have gone, well, done a whole bunch of things. Yeah. Perhaps rally cross, whatever, yeah. But the the other thing in terms of an approach, um, uh, just, just, to, just to, to define a little bit better what I'm saying is, Juha Kankinen, very often the fastest driver, but always, singularly, always the canniest driver. Yeah. And this year, would you argue with Cali's approach? He's right in there in the lead. Yeah. yeah. He's possibly got everything in reserve that he's, been, he's just been holding. He said, right, I'm not going to take chances this year because everyone will have woken up. He caught them on the hop last year, mm. um, uh, but not, not this year. Everybody's right there. Okay, I'll play the numbers game the same as everyone else. I'll do what, uh, I'll do what Juha Kankinen uh, has done. You know, yeah. and and just you know play play that smart game. Yeah, good tactical driving. I, I that's exactly yep. as 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 I can read it. And there are you know undoubtedly there are setup issues that he's he's not quite so so happy with the car. Uh, and I think you did the interview, Luke, with with Yari Matti that, and Yari Matti's dead right that when everything is that bit closer, you're asking that bit more from the car. You're pushing everything, every aspect of the team for Toyota is being pushed out a bit harder. And it does expose certain areas. Um, and it, is that to say that Cali's driving the car harder than he did last year? Probably not, but he's, he's maybe he's asking different questions of it because he doesn't have a 46-point buffer. Um, and, and always the car isn't coming up with exactly what he wants. Uh, and this is kind of what we're seeing and, and what Yari Matu was saying is the closeness of this fight is exposing other areas of the car team kind of package, uh, driver, co-driver package. Of course it is. Um, it, it, it always will do. In in the years where a driver runs away with it, you know, you could argue that, and Sebastian Loeb always said, you know, he rarely drove kind of beyond himself through all of his his nine championships he drove within himself which is a remarkable achievement um to to have to have been able to do that and it i think this is this is a very sort of salient point um that everything across the board has been has been stress tested far more this year because it's one hell of a fight again 
It's in it. What a waiting game yeah. it is. It's the, the fastest waiting game in the world. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's what we should call the championship because that's what it is this year so far. Remarkable. Yeah. Luke, um, gravel rallies and Tanak. This is a note that you have put on the running order, so I'm, I'm sending it your way. Gravel rallies are now going to be key to Tanak's season. Yeah, I'll be honest, it was a little bit of a um, not too embellished thought, <laughs> as you might be able to tell. Um, it was mainly, to be fair, it was actually, I don't want to say it was a placeholder, that sounds too just demean demeaning to the topic, so I'll just miss it rather. But I do just, it's just interesting to me to see how he gets on, because for all the reasons we've talked about already, with these seven gravel rallies coming up, this is probably going to be the key section of the championship now, the next sort of four to five rallies are going to be where the real differences could potentially be made. So any so anything M Sport can do, and we know it's, it's been a continued narrative throughout the, the start of the season, even before Monte Carlo to now, of just how much work everybody's putting in to just f make Tanak 100% comfortable and at one with his Puma. Because what's important to stress, as we all know, he's not unhappy with the car. He just could be happier with the car. It's just it's finding these little tiny last percentages now but mm. anything in this sort of title fight that we've got this year you need those complete perfections to be on the front foot and that's where the team will be searching and have been searching and, and Richard Milner sounded quite bullish actually in his press release quotes about how much work they've been doing in the sort of conference going into this one so it will be interesting to see where he's at because after I think it was after Mexico where he, Tanak described his relationship with the car as a mismatch him and it just worked quite together but that event we never really got to see what he was capable of because he was at the head of the field and then he had the turbo issue in the first stage so the whole event just kind of got away from him but this in Portugal an event he's always done quite well on in the past as a lot of the drivers have to be fair but it's going to be a good reader of where Tanak's at and where M Sport may or may not need to work to make sure he's still at the running because of all the drivers I think now he's potentially the one that's maybe got the most work to do to feel completely sort of make everything feel effortless behind the wheel, I guess yeah. is maybe the best way to put it. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. I think the biggest thing for, for Ott, honestly, is a car without any glitches. I mean, so often he's brought a car back to service with that's not been perfect. And I, and I know that we talk about the mismatch of, you know, the, the car setup that he wants, but he's brought the car back with small, but, but he's managed the problems, but he's not been able to push. Um, and his frustration uh, has become apparent over the last couple of events. Uh, do we see him losing his patience, David? No. No, I, I, I'm glad we don't. And yes, <laughs> well, okay. I, I mean, that's that, that's it, dangerous because quite clearly, you know, you've got this year is going to have to be strategic. You know, obviously, let let's let's assume that he's not going to have any major failures technically, and he's going to drive perfectly, which is a reasonable assumption, uh, albeit uh, the world of rally where where very little ever goes according to plan, but. Let's assume he does that. If he keeps getting upset by those little problems, you know, it, it inevitably, I don't care how good the driver is, um, whether it's Sebastian Loeb, Sebastian Ogier, Juha Kankinen, Richard Burns, Thierry Neuville, any of the guys at all, 
you will you will be upset by a car that that's giving you these little niggles because you're pushing like mad you're stressed out you know you're, you're trying to give your best you know you're, you're looking at that long-term gain of of the event of the whole year so you know you've got the various you know some people just focus on stages some on events and some on the year mm. this year everyone's got the year in in, in sight so are, are those little niggles going to unbalance them enough to promote a mistake i hope no, not I don't, but, I, but that's the risk i see for them i see that risk existing for i don't him i don't think that they see, will george we can see how because good. because i don't know how we'll manage that it, i don't know how we'll manage because that he's got because the, the experience he's real. got experience he's been through every team in the service park he understands and don't forget you know don't get too drawn mm, into absolutely. into oit tanak slamming doors or shouting at people or whatever he knows how okay. to motivate a team now is is that the right way to motivate m sport i don't know and time will tell but he does have yeah. a, a wealth of experience of working with teams now it hasn't always exactly gone to plan of course it didn't in toyota because he left he left as world champion, but he knows he's been around people. He's been around the likes of Rich Milner, Chris Williams, Malcolm Wilson for long enough to to know exactly how to motivate those people. Um, that's what. So I'm, I'm not concerned about the no, motivation no, no. But then the, the motivation team, it, 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 it needs to be matched to by the the ability and the resource to to mm. to match what he wants, what he what what he needs, what he feels mm. he needs to win the championship. That could be where the frustration comes. But even then. I still think he's got the ability to manage the emotional side. Um, I put it this way. He, I, he, so. I can't imagine I so. he's, he's going to stamp his feet and walk out. Uh, not not at all. No, I wasn't. I wasn't meaning. I wasn't meaning that. It's you know we, we we've talked already. You know for Cali, you know that 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 euphoric state, that state where you know where you 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 give your all, and nobody demonstrates that better than Ott. When Ott has given his all, it's apparent in two ways. It's it's apparent in the performance he's done. It's apparent visually when you watch him driving the car. When we look at the videos externally, not internally, because it's difficult to tell much difference from looking at mm. that. But you can see everything he's done and his demeanour changes very subtly because he's he's quite a subtle guy like that. He conceals everything very carefully. But you can see it in his driving. My my point being is if you know if he's in that if he's in that mode and oh you know there goes hang on the power steering's got a tiny wee glitch mm. in it again. I can't remember what other little problems he had. Or oh, the, the hybrid wasn't working uh, again just perfectly. It's just taking that edge off him, denying him the chance to take the advantage where he knows he can. And he, he'll be—he's clever enough, as we both know, as we all know. I think all the listeners know he's clever enough to 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 make the charge where he can and bottle it where he says, no, I'm, these ones I need to take it easy, but there's where I can make my chance. Yeah. If he gets denied that, that leads to frustration, and that frustration can lead to mistakes. Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't. and you know he he has he has lost his mentor. You know he's 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 effectively away from Mark uh, from uh, from Marco Martin, who undoubtedly was a, a a soft ear for him to speak to, to steady on, take your time, wait, wait, hold your peace. And and you for know, me that that that, that is an aspect that will that will tell with Oit because Marco yeah, was absolutely. absolutely he was that soft air that you, you talk about there, George. You know he was, yeah. and he was a driver that came. Yeah. Not only with massive experience of his own, um, but you know a relationship that that Oik could lean into uh, with the likes of Malcolm uh, and that. And you know we saw that never more than than at the end of 2012. Uh, we've moved on a hell of a long way since then, but still, there are not many people. In fact, I would go so far as to say there is nobody in the service park 
that understood Oik Tanak in the way that Marco Martin did. And to have essentially cast that aside um, and, you know, be under no illusion here that, you know, the pair have split. You know, there, there wasn't, <laughs> I'm not entirely sure how many Christmas cards will be will be sent between each of them, uh, from, from what I understand. It's very difficult to lose somebody who's been such a big part of your career mm. Um, you know, and it won't be in the in the easy moments where Oit will find that out. It'll be when it's like it'll be yeah, the hard absolute ones, yeah. back to the wall. Right, let's yeah, see what Marco. Oh, where's yeah. Marco? Oh, he's not here. You know, yeah. those moments when yeah. you really need the experience. Uh, it, 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 it'll be tough. Um, but Tanak is a big boy. You know, he's <laughs> he's somebody who has been through plenty, um, and he's a fighter and he's a champion. You know, ultimately, he could look at Marco Martin and say, thanks, mate. You know, I won the championship in 19. You know, I can do this on my own. I've got this. Um, let's see. Mm, it, it, yeah. it, it will be. It's going to be an interesting, a really interesting second half of the year, particularly, you know, as we as we move into the fast gravel. We've got Portugal, Sardinia coming. Safari is always an element of the lottery, but I can't every year. You just look forward to to Finland, and obviously we're looking forward to Estonia. Uh, the, the the fact mm. that we have two of these super quick events is just brilliant. Um, that for me is is going to be the really telling one because those two are the ones that everybody wants to win. Um, so yeah, it's yeah. it's going to be a thriller. Yeah, very exciting. I'm I'm just excited thinking about all, everything that's to come and Portugal. Well. Apart well, we've got WRC food, two to talk um, about as well, George. Yeah, because I mean, it's, I know it's, it's just, not just the WRC just, one. Let's oh, let's get into WRC. Sadly, you might still got have to time. do that without me. I'm going to have to jump off right now, gang. Um, so apologies for that. Uh, I do have a prior engagement, but just before I go, I did want to say one thing uh, publicly. If you haven't watched yet, why haven't you watched uh, Luke Barry's behind the scenes in Croatia? All of our video output across Croatia was was fantastically sympathetically done top draw uh for for very obvious reasons but i really enjoyed luke your your behind the scenes it was great to get a good look around what we do uh and I, you know as a reader as a watcher get in there um like share subscribe all of that dirtfish content on youtube and on all of our social channels even take a peek at the ara highlights uh, from Olympus, which was another f- fun event. But that, I- I'm sorry, that's that's it from me. So I'll jump out now. But Luke, before you can come back with anything, great job. Thank you very much. And <laughs> and yeah, I'll echo I- that. I will I'll echo that. speak to you all and on. Fantastic. Okay. Thank you, David. Let's kick David off because he wasn't contributing much anyway, let's face it. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was um, harsh. Yeah, it is. But, it, but it, he can take it. He's, he's a big boy. He's actually off to do um, more important work that you will be able to read on dirtfish.com which is obviously your first stop for all things rally news we have got we've got a lot to talk about i'm going to talk about wrc2 in a bit as well but uh, the, the the grief bomb that we've all been feeling the repercussions of following the death of craig breen you know it's it's still so recent and it's still sore um but and and what you did in croatia i'm going to echo what david evans said there it, it was very sensitive and it was it was great to actually see the rally community paying its tributes to such a great driver as as craig breen at that event and 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 in very difficult circumstances we've got chris meek following uh, well but perhaps you can explain exactly what chris meek is is doing this weekend and for the rest of the season with james fulton alongside him 
Yeah, so he's he's accepted an offer from Hyundai Portugal and Sports and You who run that particular car to basically complete the program that Craig had started in the Portuguese championship. So that started with an event is now a couple of week, weekends ago, I think, which Chris won and he did it in a sort of tribute livery. Again, not quite the same as Hyundai Motorsports big Irish trick war event, but it was done tastefully in its own special way. I don't know actually, to be fair, if that's something that's been done throughout the entire season. I'd be surprised if it wasn't, but don't quote me on that. Um, but he had Olafona alongside him for that event. But James Fulton is back with Chris for the rest of the season, which I think is just brilliant on for so many reasons. Yeah. But for James personally, I think it's an incredibly brave and courageous decision. And I can imagine he, he probably actually didn't have to think very long and hard about it. I know some of us might think it must be a difficult decision, but for him, I think it would have been a complete, essentially a no-brainer to to go and do the job that he he had started. Um, but yeah, I think it, it's great that, that Chris has taken that drive again for him. I think I think everybody was touched by the tributes in particular that Chris paid on Instagram after the unfortunate events of, of last month. So for Chris to be sort of driving that car, I think it's all just really nice. It's it's perfect. And it's, it's like they're still carrying him along with us, which is exactly what everybody was hoping and trying to do um but yeah i think it's great to have him in portugal where he is driving for the portuguese championship but also because it's a wrc event as well they've entered him in for wrc too so i suspect his main challenge will be looking at portuguese points but he's chris meek um, and <laughs> i don't think he's going to not be looking at wrc2 leaderboard as well no, i'm sure he'll be competitive in both absolutely i mean it's always about uh, competing and, and as you say with james fulton it's uh, it must be such a complex time for him emotionally. He must be feeling all kinds of things. And to get back in the car, maybe it's a, a feeling of being at home um, and and hopefully that he will get some comfort from that. WRC2, George, it has just been so brilliant this season. So Chris coming in to add an extra level to it. And of course, we've got uh, Andreas Mickelson back as well. Yeah, it's going to be an incredible fight out there. It's it, it's worthy of a separate event on its own. Let's be honest. It's yeah. just it's just absolutely <laughs> tremendous. I mean, if if ever FIA got anything right, it's the it's what the the second category has morphed into from from being Group N successfully for about twenty two twenty three years. They morphed into the the S two thousands, which was really not a super success, but it was it was. Fair, it was it was okay, but then well, we very kind of quickly lost cars, into this, didn't we? It, we we uh, that's uh, that's okay because what they brought it into was something smart. The 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 R five car or now called the WRC two car is absolutely amazing. It's cost limited. It should be costing you about two hundred thousand pounds, which still sounds like a fantastic amount of money. Um, depending on which one you buy, you can run it. Uh, it can cost you a fortune to run, or it can maybe be a bit cheaper to run. I'm not quite sure of all the costs, but they are expensive. I know an engine's about 40 grand for them. But what we have is across all those makes, we have a good level of performance. Uh, You you could win in any car, more or less. I know that Ford uh, themselves said that they've they've uh, they they feel that they've missed a, a, a. a generation of of development on that car, you know what one mark of development, but they're on that now, and the car is being heavily invested in to 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 uh, to to lift itself up to the mark, and well, we might see that starting to to um, to yield um, 
some some results this weekend. I certainly hope so. They've they've got Adrian Formo. I'm a big fan of Adrian Formo. I just I just uh, think the guy is absolutely magic. And I know I mean I I like all drivers equally and and, and everything. But Adrian, I, I sort of like an underdog, and I feel Adrian's an underdog at the moment. So um, he's got my support hundred percent. Luke, what are um, you looking forward to? I think just the unpredictability of the entire battle, and it's. It's an interesting one because as much as we've all talked up and we all love the battle at the front and I think it's amazing we've got these five, I'll say four all the time, potentially five, depending on how close Ojay can keep himself in there. But if you look beyond that, you've got maybe three or four cars in Rally 1 and that's it. WRC 2 in Portugal, I've looked it up, so there's 44 cars on the entry. <laughs> so I was just looking. <laughs> and, uh, so many of them. So I'm looking at the, the top, I'll read out the top seeds. You've got Gus Greensmith, Oliver Solberg, Tamer Sudenden, Andreas Mickelson, Adrian Formo, all with WRC experience. Plenty of them WRC winners. Further down, we've got Chris Meek, as you mentioned. There's plenty other. Johan Rossell's in there, who of course leads the championship at the minute. There's just, no matter where you look, there is quality and it's just impossible to predict but I, I just want to echo George's thoughts I think Rally 2 has been incredible we all know that we've all known it for a while but to see this entry for as you say I think this is going to have just as, as much of my attention if not more <laughs> during this mm. weekend than the actual battle at the front which is quite incredible. As you write your life story you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. But I'm I'm a bit confused by this because I'm I'm looking and I'm not seeing Chris Meek's name on the entry list. He's down at sixty-eight. Sixty-eight. Okay, he'll obviously yeah. be seated slightly differently. I didn't get I didn't, yeah. I didn't get down to six. I didn't get down. It's a I, massive I entry. It's a massive entry. The one you entry. might be looking at might be entries. slightly out of um, slightly out of date. There's one that is slightly out of date, George. Uh, um, Per, perhaps sorry I'm, I'm so just it's, it's car, six, car 68 yeah car 68 I, 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 I've got it as a TBA and yeah. and sure, surely um, um, Hayden Padden Did must I just be doing this as oh. well isn't he Padden's not doing it, it. Padden's only in, he's, he's on, yeah he's only on ERC this year which we have to say right. to you, now you've mentioned it he did have another good result at the weekend so he extended his championship lead there as yeah, well I was in the kind of thinking he would have done I would have thinking, since since as as he was so close, he would have just done uh, he would have just done this event as well off the back of it. It's a good That's point. The Canary Islands, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. This weekend. yeah. Do you know what, George? So I'm upset now. You said that. I'm sad because it would have been another <laughs> another great one to have. I feel a bit spoilt seeing it. It's like you've got five sweets yeah. in your hand. You want the sixth one, but I think having him <laughs> in there, I want, well I want the six. I want the sixth suite. I want to see this. <laughs> I mean, the, the the performance and entry. Uh, in many ways, you know, the the entry, the quality of the entry. I mean, when I say that, um, and and the fact that we've got you know drivers from from you know equal you know drivers equally with a chance in the same machinery from car number nine all the way down to the end of the event. It's nearly all you know <laughs> WRC twos. I think we have to get down to what was it car fifty five before we hit the first RC three car. It's amazing. That is, as right. you said, 44 cars, Luke. It, it's just tremendous. 
what a fabulous championship. And I, I know we've, we've argued for it in the past. Um, and I'll say it again, if, if everybody was in a, in a WRC2 car, we'd, we'd still see those top nine drivers in the top, in the top nine positions on the entry list. It wouldn't make any difference. But those other guys would be fighting unbelievably close. They are ridiculously close anyway. Those cars are somewhere between one and two seconds a kilometre slower than a WRC car depending on the stage, sometimes even, you know, less than a second a kilometre slower in certain stages. They are remarkable cars with incredibly close performance. Unfortunately, anybody watching, if, if you see a WRC car going past and then a WRC2 car, it doesn't look as good because it's, it's missing that 100 odd horsepower and that massive burst of torque that we get from the WRC1 cars. But actually, to be out there in the flesh watching it, it is just as gobsmacking. It just thrills you to the very marrow of your bone in your body to see these cars going. The sight and sounds are almost identical. It's just that the visual comparison between one and the next is is uh, unfair to the category. That's the only thing that's unfair to WRC2. Everything else is perfect, isn't it? Rally two driver, rally two yeah. cars with rally one drivers. Oh, effectively, yeah. Well, that's what basically what we've got. The, the 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 talent is phenomenal throughout there, and I mean now, now I'm looking down there. You know, um, uh, any one of the top six seven drivers could win this easily. Yep. Easily, and there's possibly there's there's more further down there that will equally have a chance. There's definitely one. There's always there's always names to forget about, isn't there? Do you want to 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 stick a pin in the stick pin on the tail? And tell me who you fancy for this weekend. If, if I had to put anyone, I mean, honestly speaking, Oliver Solberg has been incredibly strong this year uh, and uh, has shown a degree. I, I did not expect him to come out the box so well this year. I thought there would have been a recovery period where he would have maybe licked his wounds from last year. It was a tough, tough year, both emotionally and technically, you know, for him in that car. He really struggled. He, I don't think he was given a a fair shake of the stick there last year. Not that there's a fair shake of the stick to get. that That's wrong to, to say that about the team, and I don't want to do that. But you know, for him to come out this year and just be so strong shows a remarkable depth of character in Oliver. And, he, and he's shown a skill level increase, to my mind, that all that difficulty he had last year has made him stronger this year. It's made him tougher, more determined. He's learned a lot. And you can see it in every event he's done this year. He's just, you know, even when he where he struggled, his survivability through a mistake. And we've seen a few of those. He's given us some quite rewarding viewing and spins and things. And he engage first gear and away you go again. Uh, up against really tough competition. Uh, but but coming into this event, I think this event for, for those guys, it's going to be fastest wins, unfortunately, which might end up in a lot of retirements. Is this an event to be a wee bit clever on? Uh, I would say that might be. I, I would think that you might, you know, if, if you just sort of say to yourself, right, I'll just sit right behind those top guys, but not take those last chances and be happy to be nine or ten seconds behind, I say, a leading group of two or three cars at the end of the first day, having not taken the chances. You might be paying a dividend. Portugal, it will come down to punctures for these guys. They are not running on the same rubber as the leading cars. They are on a different... Um, generation of tyre. They they have uh, effectively the customer tyre, which is a fabulous tyre, but it doesn't have that um, that 11 out of 10 that, shall we say, the WRC cars get, which their tyres are, for, for want of a better word, almost puncture proof. I mean, you're pretty well breaking a rim before you puncture one of those tyres. 
um, which which makes them a different tire to drive on. They're not as nice to drive on. That that I would I would hasten to say that that I mean having not driven on them, I'm just I'm 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 kind of spitballing. <laughs> but a stronger tire has less uh, mechanical features on it that will gift you driving characteristics. The softer, more pliant tire is giving you a degree of latitude that helps you with your car and suspension, but it is also slightly more vulnerable to punctures. That said, you would nearly say every time that, you know, you have to hit someone to puncture and honestly, probably, you know, 60, 70% of the time you can see it coming. You know, you might not, you might not have the choice to miss it. You might not have the choice to carry it depending on where it is. And you might not even see it, of course. I grant that, but, uh, you know, um, and, and, and it's very difficult to drive around. So that's where that final skill level comes in. Now, Oliver's, Oliver's got quite a lot in the bag. So, yeah, sorry, long answer to a short question. Yeah, I'm going to put my money on Oliver this weekend. But it's that's a tough exactly call. exactly what I was just about to say. So Oliver Solberg then, George. Yes, yes. Sorry, I managed to wrap Luke. myself up. I beat you to it. <laughs> just. I, I'm, I, I'm going to give three answers to the question, but very quickly. I think with my heart, I say Chris Meek. With my head, I say it's going to be a Solberg versus Mickelson fight for the league, but lots of drivers in there. But I've got a dark horse shout, which is Tame Lutsunen. So I think he's a lot better and a lot more capable, and the car is a lot more capable than people perhaps give him credit for. So I think he could be potentially yeah. a surprise. Maybe surprise is too strong a word, but dark horse. I'll go back to my earlier phrase. But yeah, yeah. He- head says Solberg yeah. or Mickelson. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, there are any one of 10 drivers, I think, that have got a very realistic chance and will have the pace and will have the the, the opportunity to, to, to win this rally. It's going to come down to, yeah, ultimately speed, I think, in the bottom end. The, the, I, the I think we'll analysis. see Chris Meek up there. I, I genuinely mm, think that I'm Chris sure Meek is, is sure going to be inspired yeah. with that. And um, I'm not going to pick between him... Andreas Mickelson and Oliver Solberg. <laughs> I'm, I'm opting out there. Um, we have come to the end of our time. And if you are listening and you want more from Dirtfish, go to dirtfish.com. If you want to get in touch, at Dirtfish Rally is the best way to get our attention. But thank you for downloading. Um, David Evans has gone already, but that was senior staff writer David Evans, George Donaldson and Luke Barry. Thank you so much for your expertise and time. Thank you very much. Thank you, Lisa. That's been great. And we'll be back with a wrap-up of Rally Portugal around about this time next week. Why not subscribe to Spin the Rally Pod with your favourite podcast provider and it will be delivered to your device. You'll just have to click play. But for now, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.